Hey everybody, welcome back to the FIFA Play On podcast. I'm Enia Luco and I, along with my co-host Alvaro Soler, will be your podcast guides to the intertwining worlds of football and music. In today's episode, we're chatting to Brazilian maestro Kakar in our fieldwork section to hear about some of the most fascinating parts of his incredible career. What an honor to chat to him. Then, Alvaro and I will be going head-to-head discussing record breakers and record fakers in this week's Versus Challenge. So stay tuned for that one. That's enough for me for now. Let's get into our fieldwork interview. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Fieldwork, the section of our FIFA Play On podcast where we talk to a footballer about their life, their passions, and maybe a little bit about their musical tastes. Our guest today is a real Brazilian legend. Ricardo Ithexon dos Santos Leite, otherwise known as Kaká, has played his football in some of the most amazing cities in the world, amongst them Milan, Sao Paulo, Madrid and Orlando. He has seen it all. He made 92 appearances for Brazil between 2002 and 2016. What a player. Kaká, welcome, bienvenido. How are you doing today? Muchas gracias. Thank you very much, guys, for this invitation. I'm fine. I'm here in Brazil, and I'm very happy to to have this chat with you guys. Oh, we're so happy to have you. We're so excited about this interview. So let's take it back to the beginning. How was it growing up as a kid playing in Brazil with so much football around you, so much influence? How was it growing up in the 80s and the 90s? Any, it was very nice because here in Brazil, football is part of the culture. So everywhere there we go, the kids play football. The first toy is a football some plates or something like that. The parties, it's, it's football to bring some friends together. And when you go to the beach, you get some two sandals. You put like a, a goal and get a ball and play with your friend on the sand. So it's part of the culture. And for me, it was really nice because I love this sport. But I think football is also uh, a part of my background, my formation mm. as building my character, uh, a lot of values in football that help it to, to build my character. So I love this sport. That seems like an, an amazing background. I really would have loved to also grow up there with you. Um, and, and quite a lot of Brazilian players, you know, they end up with, with their nickname on the back of their, of their shirt. Can you tell us why, why Kaká? Where does it come from? It's pretty common here in Brazil that we, we have this, this kind of nickname. So we have Cafu, we have Pelé, we have uh, Gida, yeah. we have a, a lot of genius, Ronaldinho Gaúcho, Ronaldinho Fenomeno. Yeah. And mine, Kaká, uh, comes from my brother. I have a young brother, Rodrigo. And when we were a kids, he couldn't say my name. He couldn't say Ricardo. And he called me mm. Kaká all the time. <laughs> and so because of that, this, this nickname, it's very important for me. So I love Kaká. I can totally feel that. There's always someone in the family who's struggling with the names. I struggled <laughs> with the one from my, from my granddad. And then every cousin is now calling him Ebe, which is also weird. But it's really, really nice, like a familiar bonding. Um, so it's your fault. <laughs> yes, it's my fault. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I have one question about your your past. I, I read something very interesting, and that is that you had a, a fractured spine accident in a, in a swimming pool once. Did that affect, you know, that was before you were playing professionally. How did that affect your mindset? Uh, this period was really important in my life because I was 18 years old and I was almost there. Almost, I was in the under 20 in Brazil and 
I, I went to, to training with the first team. Sometimes I went back to the under 20, but I was in that period. So the decision, you're going to make it or not. Mm-hmm. And I had this, this very hard injured. So I was playing a swimming pool. Then I hit my head on the, on the pool and I broke my, the sixth vertebra of my neck. And then I went to the doctor and I, and, and I asked him, when, when can I play football again? And he said, maybe you, you don't understand how, how bad is your injury because today is not a day to, to, to ask questions. Today is the day to be thankful because in most of these cases, the person doesn't walk anymore. Mm-hmm. And so that in, in that period, I understood that I, I was very blessed. And this happened in October. Then I worked three months without playing. The end of January, I did my debut with Sao Paulo first team. Oh, wow. So it's uh, some sort of situations that uh, built my life, my character, and grow my faith a lot. It was a very important period in, in my life and my career. Yeah, sounds like a miracle. I mean, incredible. That's it. It's a miracle. It was a miracle. Oh, yeah, and it's, uh, it's definitely something that I've always admired about you is your faith and, and how, uh, how you express this through football. So it's nice to hear why and understand why now. Um, Kaka, I've played in, in, in different countries in my time as a professional footballer. I played for Juve in Italy. So I wanted to talk to you about um, your first big move to Italy with AC Milan. Tell us about that move, playing in Italy. How was it to be part of such a big team in Serie A at the time? Any, did you like it? Did you like to play in Italy? I liked it. Yeah, I liked yeah. Uh, certainly my first season. It was like I was exploring everything and everything was in Italian. So I learned Italian very quickly and the food and the culture. Um, but Juventus was very intense. You know, I was probably fitter at 31 than I was in 25. They were very, very, <laughs> you know, intense. So I'm sure you will understand uh, the Italian culture with football. Brava ragazza, bravissima. <laughs> <laughs> grazie, grazie. Yeah. <laughs> it was very nice for me too. And the same as you, when I came to Italy, I wanted to understand the club, the city, the, the country. And so uh, I had a very good period of, to adapt to everything. It was really nice for me. So I played in Milan for seven years. Then I went to, to Madrid. Then I went back to Milan. So in total, was seven years. And I love the city. I love the food. I love the, the country. I love the supporters. So I have a very, very good relationship with Italian football. And of course, it was because of this club, Milan. Yes. They opened up the door for me to come to Italy. But as a, a life experience was very very rich so i learned a lot so i grew a lot so thank you Ita- italy i love you guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's funny because i think all of us have a, like an italian history i also was in uh in, i was in the jury of x factor in, in milan i was living in milan for just two months but still i i got to know the way of the self-irony that they have there you know and, and it's it's such a, a fun place to be at um, but I want to know the secret about Brazilian people because there is like so many, so many things in Brazil that are, you know, culturally rich. There's the food is amazing. You guys all play football. I don't know what you drink in your water, but everyone seems to be perfect at football. <laughs> <laughs> everyone dances is incredible. You know, how do you, what is the secret of Brazil, man? <laughs> well, I was talking with some friends the other day and one thing that 
showed up, it's maybe sometimes it's because of our problems. Because here, uh, everything is so difficult. We have uh, economic problems. We have uh, social problems. So uh, the Brazil, we need to find out the solutions by ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about me because I feel part of the this this country. But of course, a lot of people they suffer a lot, and they need to to find out the solution. A mother with a, a single mother needs to go out and and feed the kids and we need to find out and most of the times we try to do that with being happy and thankful Mm. i think this is part of our culture and i love my my country and my people this is a this is a beautiful way to to describe why you have so much joy in your culture is to find the solution to problems i've never heard of it said like that but i can see what you mean so i wanted to speak to you about winning the world cup you know, I can't. We can't have you on FIFA Play on podcast as a World Cup winner without asking what it felt like to win a World Cup with Brazil. You were part of the amazing team. You won it at a young age, at twenty, so you were young at the time. Did that drive you to succeed for the rest of your career? How did you feel winning it so early? It was incredible because I was twenty years old and I, I was being part of that amazing team. With Rivaldo, Ronaldinho, Ronaldo, Cafu, Roberto Carlos, and a lot of great players, and I was the, the youngest. And for me, it was a, a really important experience that I had in my career to drive me to the the other achievements. So mm. had as this opportunity with 20 year, years old gave me this great feedback and experience and something that I. I wanted for my career, so I wanted to be with these guys. I wanted to play and win like they win. It was uh, amazing. Then I, I I was in three World Cups, 2006 and 2010. Mm. And those ones that we didn't win in 2006 and 2010, I realized how hard it is to be in a World Cup and how hard it is to win the World Cup. Yeah. With that, I said, well... I was very, very blessed again to be in the champion team in 2002. I don't know when, or I hope in 2022, but we don't know who's going to win the next World Cup because it's too hard because of the period, because of the players, because of the competition, of the high quality. It's, uh, I'm very happy because I, I had this achievement because I think it's the best one. It's the best championship for a, for a football player. So I have a... I only got as far as winning a bronze medal, Kaka, in uh, yeah? in 2015 for the World Cup. So I wanted to ask you, where do you keep your gold medal? I have mine in my living room and I and it's very precious. So I can only imagine what the winning, uh, <laughs> where you keep your winning medal. Congratulations, Annie. As I said, <laughs> it's really, really hard to be there. And you were in the third place and and. I, I know a lot of people can say, oh, third place is not uh, is not the, the first one. But to be in that position, to be in the third place in a, in a World Cup, maybe the people, they don't know how hard it is to be there. Yeah. So congratulations for that. You have to keep Thank you. <laughs> as a very precious jewelry because I, I keep mine in that way as well. So I have a, a place here in my house that I keep a lot of things that it's, it's really special. So the, the, the World Cup medal is one of them. The Champions League medal is one of them. Amazing. A few jerseys and a few cleats. 
And that one for sure is one of the best and the most important that I have. Of course. It must be so so special. I can't I can't even imagine. I'm like in a, in a safe place with with a lock or with like LEDs or with I don't know I don't know what I would put in there. But uh, talking about cultures, you know, it's super interesting for me um, that that you've been living also in different countries, learning so much about other uh, people's uh, way of traditions, you know, um, and also playing in different teams in different countries. I guess everyone does it in a different way. And um, my question is, was it different to play? In the in the U.S. league, in comparison to La Liga or Serie A, yes, it was really different because everywhere that I I went, I wanted to understand the the culture and understand the city and understand the country. Mm. For most of the Brazilians, they moved for somewhere and they wanted to transform the country or the place in a in a little Brazil. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I said. Uh, I, I don't think it's the right way to to face this situation. Why I, I'm in a different country. I'm 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 the foreigner here. So why I don't adapt me to this situation? So when I went to Italy, I wanted to learn Italian to see how they eat. When I moved to Spain, the same. I wanted to learn and speak Spanish the way that I could communicate myself. Everybody could understand me. And when I moved to to US, the same. When I was there, I already spoke a little bit of English, but there I could improve it. Mm -hmm. I, I'm I'm saying this background because you can see that in football then, because mm. the Italian football represents a little bit of the culture. Yes. The Spanish football represents a little bit of the culture and in in US the same. So as the league is increasing, is growing up, the, the MLS, it's, I know that's a, a reality uh, right now, but I know that the MLS will uh, grow and increase uh, much more. But at the time, was a very good experience for me because I played for Sao Paulo, Real Madrid, and Milan. All these clubs, it's very historical club. It's very... Mm. Um, uh, I, won a lot of titles when i moved to orlando city it it's just a baby in football it was our mm. first year in mls so be part of that was really incredible for me so i love it to play in, in us and i had a great 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 time there amazing <laughs> amazing so now we're going to move into the quick fire section. We're going to ask you questions quickly. And it's the first thing that comes into your mind. Perfect. The questions are kind of arranged in past, present and future. So we'll start at the very beginning. What was your first football memory? I think my first football memory is the, the World Cup 1994. I was 12 years old. Yeah. I, I remember the place where I was, uh, the, the last PK that... Uh, Baggio. Hmm. Baggio. Yeah. <laughs> did so i think that my first emotional uh, memory it was in 1994 that was one of my first memories as well baggio with missing the penalty and the <laughs> his hair with the little ponytail yeah uh what was your first match that you went to live it was uh sao paulo they were playing a libertadores i think it was sao paulo against olympia paraguay team nice and what was your first footballing hero? Uh, it was Hai. Hai played for Sao Paulo a few years. Then he moved. Then he played for PSG as well. He was in the in 1994. He 
was the number 10 of Brazil, and Raí was my my hero. And I grew up watching him play. I wanted to be like Raí. And football, it's really amazing because today I'm his friend. Wow. And yes. one day he was my hero, and today I, I have this contact no, with this yeah. my, my hero. So it is really nice. Amazing, amazing. So now let's take it to the to the present, Kaka. This is one of my favorite questions, actually. What is your pre-match ritual? Do you do anything special? Everyone does something really... Some people do something really wicked. Some other people, it's just, you know, I just concentrate and go. <laughs> what is your way of doing that? Oh, man, I saw a lot of things. So it's I, I completely understand what are, what are you talking about because I saw a lot <laughs> of things. And, and we need to respect everyone because it's a really special moment that you, you are thinking about the game. You have to deal with the emotions mm. mine was uh to have some songs so i love christian music and i love brazilian mm. music i didn't want to be quiet but i wanted to be mm. in peace mm. so this is what i mm. tried then i when i arrived to the stadium i had my time uh, doing some stretching thinking about the game and then i had uh, my prayer before the game and then go on the field more or less this was my ritual before the game wow it sounds a bit like meditation i also try to meditate sometimes you know it's just <laughs> very helpful well the next question is what is the best place that football has taken you i could say everywhere because every place it's it's different different situation different culture so asia africa europe uh, South America, North America, everywhere was really special. And place like uh, life, it was to be in in this uh, top level. It was because of football, so that, that I could be in the, in the top level, playing with these top yeah. players. And if today they consider me as a football legend, it's because I I could perform with those guys. We'll throw it forward to the future. What does the coming year have for you? Do you have any projects in mind? Do you have anything exciting in, in the, the next year or two? This year will be the fourth year that I've been retired. And since then, I'm taking this time to, to enjoy my, my family and mm. my life a little bit. I'm doing my fifth <laughs> program right now, so... I did one in Harvard, the bands, wow. which is a business, entertainment, media, and sports. I did one with FIFA and one university here in Brazil. I did one for the football university here in Brazil, and I'm doing one, the UEFA MIP. Ah, I did this one. You did this one? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The MIP? I did the MIP. Sorry to say that, but the, the third uh, group is the best one. And it, <laughs> I don't know which one. <laughs> I, dis I disagree. I think my <laughs> alumni is the best. <laughs> yeah. And, and I also doing the coach uh, license here in Brazil. So the license A. And because I want to understand how is to be a coach, to be a sports director, to understand the football industry. I love football and I wanted to understand these tools through football that the, the sport that I understand, that I love. And I'm trying to, to use this spirit for that. And then I think I'll, I'll be more uh, precise to decide what I want to do my second, second career in football. 
So that, that kind of leads into the, the final question of this segment. So do you see yourself in maybe 10 years time as a coach, as a sporting director? What do you see yourself doing in, in, in the next 10 years? Uh, any, I, I don't know, actually. Uh, it, it's not because I don't know. It's because I know that I know myself and I know that I, uh, I change a lot. So today I don't want to be a coach. But maybe in two, three years, I want to be a coach. And I don't want to uh, put myself in a, in a situation that, I, no, I said that I, I won't be a coach, so I'm not going to be a coach. <laughs> so uh, I'm studying and I'm looking different perspectives and different uh, positions and different situations. But today, speaking today, uh, I would say that I, I probably will start as a sports director. And this managerial uh, way and position I like better than the the coach to be on the yeah. field. But as I said, today and in two or three years, maybe I'll change. Thank you so much, uh, Kaka. This has been amazing to hear about your, your journey, your experiences, your success, your future. So thank you so much. It's been an honor. It's been a real honor to, to speak to you today. Thank you for coming on uh, FIFA Play On Podcast. Thank you very much, guys. Annie, thank you very much. Alvaro, thank you very much. Pleasure. Muito obrigado. Have a nice day. And I hope to see you very soon, man. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank Bye. you, guys. Thank you. I've said it before and I'll say it again. What a legend and a lovely person too. There's so much to take away from that chat. Anyway, talking of World Cup winners, all eyes are on Qatar, of course, as we approach the FIFA World Cup next year. But if, like me, you want a glimpse of what to expect next year, you really should check out this year's FIFA Arab Cup in Qatar. The tournament starts on the 30th of November and brings together 16 of the best teams from the Arab world. The games take place across six World Cup stadiums, so it's a real chance to soak up the atmosphere a year before the biggest football festival on the planet. In fact, the final of the Arab Cup on the 18th of December is exactly 12 months before the FIFA World Cup final. The amazing Al Bayt Stadium will host the Arab Cup final. Next year, the world will be watching as it stages the FIFA World Cup opening ceremony. But don't worry if you can't wait for winter 2022. There is plenty to whet your appetite in Qatar this year. Now, it's versus time. Let's get to it. All right, everyone, this is Versus, and this is the section of our show where my co-host and I, so Annie and I, are going head-to-head. We're set a different challenge each week, and it's just like in a football matchup. The winner takes three points, it's one for a draw, and the loser gets a big fat zero. So we're going to sum up points at the end of each challenge to see how we're doing in the Play On Podcast League and see who will be crowned the eventual FIFA Play On Podcast Versus champion. So, Annie, what do we play this week? So this week we are playing higher or lower. We're going to guess higher or lower number in terms of music or football. Sounds exciting. Sounds easy as well, no? I think we're going to we can get some good points on here. Oh, I'm not sure about easy, Alvaro. I'm not sure about easy. <laughs> All right, Annie. Are you ready for the first question? I think so, yes. I'm confident. <laughs> Midfield maestro Farah Williams retired from international duty in 2019 with a record-breaking number of England caps to her name. But was it higher? 
or lower than 150. Oh, this is actually really tough because, I mean, obviously I played with Farah mm. and I know she reached 150. I just don't know if where she, whether she went over 150. Mm. I'm going to say, yeah, she went over high, higher, higher. I feel these questions is like, it's very easy for you, all of this. It was higher, of course. She actually ended up having 172. Yes. Wow, that's just incredible. It is incredible. It really is. Question one for you, Alvaro. Yeah. So, Cristiano Ronaldo, international goals, higher or lower than 100? I mean, this guy is just a machine, you know? Um, I would say higher, yeah. That is correct. Yes, finally a point. Cristiano Ronaldo recently broke a record as the highest scoring men's international goal scorer of all time. Incredible. And he's still doing it. It's just ridiculous. It's, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous at this point. All right. So, it's my time again. David Villa is the top-scoring Spanish player of all time. But how many goals did he score? Higher or lower than 70? 70 is a tough number because... Yeah, we just had Cristiano Ronaldo with 111. 70 is high, though. 70 is very, very it's... high. I'm going to go lower. It's also low, though. I mean, I think it's a low number. Are you messing... I'm giving you my answer. You're messing with my answer. <laughs> I think it's lower. Oh, what? I think it's lower. Well, unfortunately, you're right. So... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's all in here. You managed to bag 59. Yeah, in 98 games. So 2-1. Am I, am I... Yeah, that's 2-1, right? I'm winning. Pressure's on. No, yeah, you're winning because I still haven't given you my answer for the second question, so... Okay, please. okay, clear. Okay, fine. Okay. Um, right, so Argentina have won the FIFA Men's World Cup twice, but how many times have they been in the tournament? Is it higher or lower than 20? You know, 20 is a crazy high number, right? I would, I mean, Argentina for me has always been a part of the World Cup. I don't, I haven't imagined, you know, any, it's tough. I need an answer, Alvaro. I need an answer. Yes, I know you do. I think it's higher. I'm going to say higher. I'm going to say they're like incredible. The answer is lower. It's 17. What? So it's pretty high in comparison to how many World Cups there is, but the answer is 17. So it's lower than 20. This is my turn now with uh, another Spanish uh, incredible legends of Spain. Sergio Ramos is never one to back out of a tackle. How many career red cards did he get? You know, oh, wow. he's very emotional on the field. Was it higher or lower than 30? In his entire career? Yeah. Oh, Sergio Ramos is a hothead for sure. Yes. But 30 throughout his career is quite high. But I'm going to go lower. Go and go lower than 30. All right. I'm just trying to tease you. It's lower. It's still an impressive 26 red cards. You know, that's a lot of red cards. It's 26. Um, oh, my gosh. Yes, 26. But 20, 26 is quite high, but I got it right. Right? Of course you got, got it right. One. Yeah, because yes. you are any and you are the best. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. 3-1. 3-1. So, question for you. Kristen Sinclair mm -hmm. is a top-scoring international female player of all time. Absolute legend. But how many goals has she scored? Is it higher or lower than 130? 130? I, my guess is it's lower. I mean, she's one of the top scorers, but I'm going to say it's lower. Yeah. That's your final answer? Yeah. Avaro. Sorry to break it to you, but it's higher. No. It's 187 goals i was trying to help you out oh yeah sure oh yeah sorry <laughs> i could have given you a clue there but you know i just i didn't have it in me sorry but it's okay it's fine <laughs> I mean, uh, all right well good fair point fair point well 
Beyonce, everyone knows Beyonce, is the most decorated woman in the history of Grammys. Oh. But how many Grammys does she actually have in her name? Is it higher or lower than 25? Okay, I'm like the biggest Beyonce fan. Like, I am part of the beehive. Mm -hmm. So this will ruin my day if I don't get this right. 25 Grammys is a lot, but it's Beyonce. I'm going to go with Lara again. Oh my god, sorry, Beyonce, if I get this wrong. Do you know Beyonce personally? No, I wish. <laughs> then you might never do because it's higher than 25. Oh no, <laughs> is it? It's higher, it's actually 28. It's <gasps> pretty impressive, yeah, yeah. Beyonce has 28 Grammys? Yes. She's absolutely incredible. So that makes it 3-1 still. No goal was scored um, for that question, but Alvaro, you're Two still... Two questions to go. You can still catch me up, so I'm feeling the pressure a little bit here. Yeah. The next question, Paul McCartney played a massive gig at Brazil's Maracanã Stadium in 1990, but how many people attended? Was it higher or lower than 150,000 fans? I mean, 150,000 is an incredible number of people. In the Camp Nou in Barcelona, I think there's 80,000, right, or something. I think it's more than that. Do we count people outside of the building? But it's Br <laughs> Brazil's Maracanã Stadium is huge. Yeah. Man, I've never been there. I think it's less. It's a lot of people, and I think it's lower. Alvaro, that's incorrect. No, come on. <laughs> <laughs> With 184,000 people. That is crazy. Oh, my God. Yeah, 184,000 people in Maracanã Stadium. How big is that place? Wow. Um, the next question is mine, and it's, Madonna is the woman with the most UK number one singles, but how many? Is it higher or lower than 18? Oh my god, 18 is a lot. Oh. And I mean, even 10 or even... even. Hmm. It's Madonna. And Madonna's had a lot of singles and it's been around forever. I'm going to go with higher because I went with lower before. Unfortunately, it's lower. And it's still, though, an incredible, impressive 13 number one singles in the UK. So, Alvaro, I have won again, but I'm going to give you... <laughs> Stop saying that. I'm going to yeah. give you a, a consolation because, you know, I'm just nice like that. Oh, super. So here we go. Canadian rapper Drake currently holds the record mm. for the most streams on Spotify. But how many? Oh, yeah. Is it higher or lower than 20 billion? The other day I just I, I downloaded um, Drake's album, the new one. And it already had like all the singles already had like 100 million or 200 million streams, you know, each song of the album. Which is incredible. That's, you know, that's many more than even a single is for, you know, for most of us. I have in total, I have, I have two, more than two billion. So if I have two billion, then Drake probably has more than 20. Yeah. Well, I mean, I love the fact that you can be like, well, I've got two billion. So that means Drake's, <laughs> you've got it. You've got that right. It's higher. Nice. It's actually <laughs> double 20 million. It's 40 billion plays that Drake has, which is just it, it kind of feels unfathomable, actually. That is pretty crazy, huh? That's uh, <laughs> oh that is amazing. So, guys, another close win for my dear Annie. Uh, Annie, you know, it's been a pleasure doing this with you. Annie, um, it's, it's great. You are six points ahead of me. It's fine. You know, Spain has uh, seen many, many comebacks. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, I know you're trying your best, but uh, I'm, I'm glad to be ahead. But there's still there's still lots to go. I'm not going to get too ahead of myself. Yeah. 
they always tell us in football, take each game as it comes. Mm-hmm. All the cliches. So that's what I'm going to do. Strong head, strong, strong mind. <laughs> <sighs> All right. So that's it for Versus for this week. We'll be back with another challenge next week. Oh man, I can't believe I got beaten again in that versus battle. Still a long way to go though yet. Anyway, that's about it for this episode of the FIFA Play On podcast. Make sure you subscribe to us on your podcast app of choice and give us a five-star rating. Don't forget to follow FIFA, Annie and me on the socials. You'll get to play along with some of our versus challenges, you'll get bits of video bonus content and you'll get a little glimpse behind the scenes of us recording the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you back here next week. Bye-bye.